uh, preteen, actually, at 11, and to see how the Lord has been using you and growing you and causing you to blossom into this beautiful Mm -hmm. woman of God that you are now. It's just a privilege to be here to uh, talk about the Lord with you and to be a part of what you're doing in your kingdom work. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Taylor. I am incredibly humbled and absolutely don't deserve that. But whoever's paying you, I'm just glad they're paying you well. <laughs> say these kind of things. <laughs> Give the credit to the Holy Spirit, okay? That's I right, think that's you would right. agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise God. I'm so glad. Well, before we even get started, we have a treat. You have something incredible to share with us. So yes. I'd love for you to share that with us now. All right. Well, What it is, is a poem about Thanksgiving. It was written by my great Aunt Annette Brown, who was a sister of my grandfather. She was a a teacher. She was a poet. She was a writer for the local newspaper. And um, this poem doesn't mention God, but it's about the heart message that we should have at Thanksgiving toward him. So I will Mm. read it now. The title is Thanksgiving, and it says, If I waited till now to be thankful, what a flavorless feast our fine dinner would be. She's referring to the Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. Wow. For gratitude grows like the bud on the rose or the blush of the apple that graces the tree. So the holiday table of bountiful cheer is a symbol of happiness gleaned through the year. If on this day only we render sweet hymns of thanksgiving and anthems of praise, then the sounds from our throats would be discordant notes or like a sad melody lost in a maze. For Mm. the song of rejoicing is ceaseless, but swells to rich fullness today where each grateful heart dwells. If I failed to count daily my blessings, then much have I missed in the swift-circling year, for they outweighed the hoard of the harvest fruits stored, those showers beneficent, faithful, and dear. May I count them each day, not omitting the least, that my spirit may know a continual feast. Mm, Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Kind of reminds me of us being that salt to the earth and how that Thanksgiving is just such a great way to be salt to the earth. You know, we, uh, we even, we started out with the Lord's prayer and the very first thing is hallowed be thy name. And then even having that spirit of humility to start out with praise, make us so flavorful and juicy to God. And being thankful is something that's very dear to God's heart. Yes. As you read his relationship, his account, his interactions with his people from the very beginning, the thing he seemed to want the most from them is their love and their gratitude for who he was and what he was doing in their life. Hmm. Amen. And actually, I wasn't going to share this, but um, I think I'm going to. So this morning when I was opening up to the word, 
um, Psalm 145 is what what I opened up to. I want to share that with us because it's so fitted to, you know, the spirit of gratitude that we're Mm -hmm. talking about. It says, uh, starting with verse one, I extol you, my God, my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall command, commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts, glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your, your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he's made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, right? Speaking of thanksgiving, all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. They shall tell of your power to make known to the children of men your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds those who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all those who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will Speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. And, uh, you know, it's such a beautiful. powerful chapter. Amen, right? This is a powerful it chapter is. and such a great way also to, for those tuning in for the first time, let me go ahead and introduce a little bit of what we do on this show. So you've tuned into the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. What is Kingdom Work for Christ? What's the deal? Well, it's not just experiencing God in our lives, but it's also under the leading of his Holy Spirit, going ahead and making disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? And there are five-step instructions in Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20. So kingdom work for Christ, and and we've broken it down a little bit more. It's essentially the full-time job of inviting Jesus to take over your day-to-day, according to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You see, Jesus, after he resurrected, before going back to the Father, gave a beautiful set of instructions to his followers. And keep in mind, he gave those instructions when people were doubting, right? And he said, look, one, know that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Two, therefore, go make disciples of nations. Three, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then four, teach them to obey my commandments. Five, know that I'm with you always till the end of the age. 
And what Kingdom Work for Christ is, it's really living that out on a day-to-day basis. So on this show, we have actually plunged into different environments. We've talked about gossip. What does it mean to do Kingdom Work for Christ and gossip? What does it mean to do Kingdom Work for Christ when you are resting, when you're disagreeing with someone? When you're speaking in spirit and in truth, what's the difference between speaking just in truth and speaking in spirit and in truth? And side note to that, this is extremely relevant in this political season. And yes, we will be delving into politics on this show in a Christ-centered manner. And so, you know, these are all environments that we're really delving into, ensuring that Christ is at the center And so today we're continuing with teaching and education. And those of you who've tuned in, you're thinking, well, I'm not not really a teacher. Look, every single one of us have an opportunity every day to either be taught or to teach. If we are listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will be able to take advantage of those opportunities to really spread the good news of the gospel. Today we have the privilege of talking to Sylvia Taylor, who not only has been in a public school environment. So she's going to talk a little bit about what it means to be infectious for Jesus, even when you're not really allowed or encouraged to talk about Jesus, right? And then what does it mean to be infectious for Jesus once you've retired and once you are, you know, you're led by the Holy Spirit to a particular ministry? What does that look like? And furthermore, there will be incredible insight into the generational repercussions of being obedient to Christ, along with some other juicy insight that we're going to get over the hour. So this is what we're talking about today. So I would love to stop talking as much because, Sylvia, you have such rich insight, and I really want to turn to you. Um, Will you tell us how did you come to a relationship with Jesus? Well, Emma, I was blessed to be born into a family where the heritage, the religious heritage of my family was Christian long before I was born. Uh, On both my mother and father's side, um, they were raised uh, Christian. Uh, Their parents were raised Christian and the generation before them. So it was not a choice for me. It was a way of life that I have had all of my life. Um, mm. I will say, as time goes on, even though you have always been a believer, there are seasons of life where you make um, how the word I'm, I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. There are things that happen in your life where right. you increase your relationship with the Lord. But as far as being a Christian, I have always been. Mm. And I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful that um, when I was a young child, my mother would read to me uh, stories about Jesus, and that's really where I first learned about him. Um, And I was particularly drawn to what I had been uh, told about him and when she mm. read the uh, story of the crucifixion um, right. at Easter time and got to the part of how he died, I mm. was just so upset. And this yeah. was, I was about 80 years old, so I had oh, wow. uh, understood the, the, the purpose of right, his dying. Right. 
at that time. You know, I just knew he was God, and all that I had heard about him um, prior to the story gave me no reason to uh, think that he should be treated so cruelly. I remember when she read that to me, I was so upset that I just ran outside in the yard, and I Mm. just bent it out there. (laughs) (laughs) To the soldiers, how could you do this to such a wonderful man? Um, But, of Mm. course, later. And I must say that as an adult, when I really understood what Jesus' death, how it applied to my life, Mm-hmm. That was a moment of a turning point for me in my relationship to Jesus. So it started as a child, and mm-hmm. I did continue um, in in the church. I was, you know, very active with all the activities that were offered. You know, the Sunday school, mm-hmm. vacation right. Bible school, singing in the choir, and because I was a musician. Uh, Early on, uh, eventually I was involved with the, the musical end, you know, of the services. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, as a young person uh, in my family, within the home, um, I was taught to pray. Uh, I, of course, as I mentioned, was taught that Jesus was Lord, um, that mm-hmm. I was to conduct myself as a child even in a way that was uh, compatible to what I had learned and try to follow his commands about how to treat other people as I wanted to be treated. And my mother uh, was very um, diligent about teaching me to say thank you to people Mm -hmm. and to write uh, thank you notes for nice things that have been done. And she would even follow up behind things and say, did you write (laughs) a thank you note? I mean, that's how important it it Mm -hmm. was to her. And um, also to be respectful, to show respect to older people. Uh, Back in the day, we didn't call any adult uh, by the first name as a child. It was always Mm -hmm. Mr. or Mrs. or Reverend, you know, the, the title gave them the title that they deserved in life. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the way I grew up. Right. Um, Wow. Bible reading became a part of my life uh, later on, and a gift that was very special to me was um, King James Bible that Mm -hmm. my grandfather, who was a Baptist preacher, gave to me when I was eight years old. Uh, as a oh, wow, at eight. And and that was my very first Bible, real Bible. You know, right. prior to that, it had been uh, children's Bibles. And I still have that, by the way. No and way, I still really? have that Bible. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, that is very special to me. That is a treasure. And not only do I have that Bible, I have his Bible, the one that he used when <laughs> he was a preacher after he passed. Um, that was given to me, and I, you know, I those are things that I treasure. Wow, because that's incredible. of what's in to, it, and uh, and how it was used. <laughs> right, right. Were you able to understand what you were um, reading at eight from the King James? 
I could read, I could understand some of it, but mm-hmm. what the Bible that really helped me to understand the Bible itself was the Good News Bible. Eventually, I turned to that because I really wanted to understand what was being said. And I ended up reading, not at eight years old, but um, through time, reading the entire Good News Bible. Then I could go back to the King James. And then I understood, you know, what was being said in the Bible. You know, I really like what you just gave us as a as a nugget, and I want to highlight that really quickly, because if there are people who are tuning in and they're say, you know, you're thinking, I, I just I don't get the Bible. You know, I don't read mm-hmm. it because I don't understand it, and it's it's dense and everything like that. It's really important to understand that there are different translations available, yeah. and there are great resources. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so it's just because. Because there are a faction of Christianity that believe that King James is the only type of Bible you should be reading, and mm-hmm. you know the, the the biggest thing is read your Bible. Period. <laughs> so if that mm-hmm. means Absolutely. you need to get another translation so you can actually listen to it and understand it, please do, because um, because it's the Bible is amazing. And so um, King James, uh, Good News Bible. There's an NIV, a New International Version. Um, NRSV, all that, and BibleGateway.com is a great resource for those of yeah. you listening in who are trying to figure out how to where to start. So, sorry, I digress. So, you have this amazing okay. Bible, and you start reading through it, and yes, then what happened? I did. Yeah. So, you know, as I learned more about Jesus and and grew more in my knowledge, then there was more to apply. Right. You know. Right. And so, I never had a disconnect that I can recall from uh, being a follower of Jesus. It's just that there were seasons of growth where, as time went on, I developed really um, an abiding relationship. Uh, um, music is the thing that I has been the focus of my life. And so I was thinking through my life as far as my relationship with Jesus, and right. I uh, thought of some songs, not not that I'm going to sing them, just to give you the titles of some mm-hmm. songs that would describe uh, my relationship. As a child, I would say it was Jesus loves me. That's the mm-hmm. thing that I knew, and that's the right. thing that mattered. Uh, as a teen, I would say it would be, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. And mm-hmm. also, I have decided to follow Jesus because by that yeah. time, I had made a decision, a firm decision, that I was going to follow him. Uh, when I became an adult, and as I said, the, uh, the progressive relationship uh, piece continued, um, one of my favorite songs even today is, a spiritual, which is called I Want Jesus to Walk with Me. And mm. then another contemporary uh, song along that same line is I Love You, Lord, Today. And then yeah. there came a time when I had to go m- deeper. I felt that, Lord, you know, I know a lot of scripture thanks to the Holy Spirit who has brought uh, scripture into my life. 
um, as I needed it and uh, encouraged me to speak it over myself to the point where I would actually memorize uh, Scripture. But I got to the point that I could consider myself a more mature adult in the Lord. And at that point, uh, there is another spiritual. Spiritual, for those who don't know, are are, uh, Negro spirituals that were um, written or sung during times of slavery. uh, Mm -hmm. As the slaves tried to uh, connect with the Lord and express their heart to the Lord. The title of that song is My Soul is Anchored in the Lord. Mm. So that's where I am. And um, so that gives you an idea of how over time um, there has been a progressive um, relationship. Yeah. And if you don't mind, um, and I'm about to put you on the spot, so feel free to tell me to Okay. <laughs> to go somewhere else. <laughs> would you would you sing I Want Jesus to Walk with Me? It's it's a song oh that's my goodness. in the public domain and I it would be great to hear it. Well, it goes like this. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me all along my pilgrim's journey. Lord, I want Jesus. To walk with me. Mm. And that's the first verse, Amen. and that's the way the song goes. But it says, in my trials, Lord, right. walk with me. When my heart is almost breaking, that's right. walk with me. So there are verses, and a song like that, you can add your own verses. According course, to yeah. what you're experiencing at this you know, at the moment. That's good. Yes, you did what catch me. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll on this show. We keep it authentic. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much. That's powerful. Um, so these are, you were saying that's, um, that there were songs that were representative of each stage of life. Yes. I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. So what did you, when did music become such an intricate part of? of well, as a young person, I, I started uh, taking piano lessons when I was eight years old. Um, hmm. And I've never, well, I continued with lessons through that age all through college. Because when I went to college, I majored in music I majored in voice and also music education, so mm. piano playing was a part of that. Right. Also, the natural talent, I did not have a natural talent for playing the piano. I had to really learn how to play the piano, and my teacher mm. uh, at that time was very strict about not looking at your hands. 
Mm. Only keeping your eyes on the page. So I never learned to play by ear until I became an adult and appreciated those who do play by <laughs> ear. And I had to, you know, um, get accustomed to that. But right. it started at a young age, and um, it's been a part of me all along. Um but I was going to say the talent that the Lord gave me was singing. Um, back even as a child, I sang a lot in the community, uh, mm-hmm. at school, in church. And mm-hmm. um, that still is my main interest, being right. in music in some way. Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, I wanted really to um, develop my voice to the point of being a, a singer, like an opera singer, because I was studying oh, wow. that type of music. Yeah. And uh, there was one opera that I especially loved, and that was Madama Butterfly. And <laughs> I had the vision, Emma. <laughs> of me playing or singing the role of Cho Cho San, who is the butterfly, the main, you know, character. And, right, and right. I learned that aria, Un Bel Di, and I even won a talent contest while I was in college oh, uh, singing that song. But um, I was advised by my uh, voice teacher that for practical reasons <laughs> I should go into teaching music, um, still hmm. singing on the side, but let my career be uh, geared toward teaching. So that's when I graduated. I graduated with a, a double major in voice and also in mm-hmm. music education. Now, when you mm-hmm. are a teacher, wow. unless you really yep. keep up your voice the way you need to, uh, the quality mm-hmm. of it can diminish. And that has happened to me over the years, but um, I still enjoy singing, and I love Amen. music, and I'm just so thankful to God. I thank him frequently for music. It just brings right. so much joy to me, and I respond to it, you know, yes, because... I can relate to that, yeah. That's absolutely. what he put in me, and uh, I'm, I'm still getting um, gratification in my heart uh, for that. And there's so many varieties of music, so many ways, you know, to um, express that I'm grateful to God for that. Of course, anything that God creates, he does does it um, with diversity. He does it with variety. So Mm. music would be no different. You know, there are so many ways. And Ways for people to connect, you know. Absolutely. And to tie back to the the poem that you read for us in in the Mm -hmm. beginning, he does it with such flavor. You know, I mean, there's there's an amazing amount of of delight and of um, just flavor, I think is the easiest way to put it, that comes out. You know, one of the things that. I just want to uh, briefly say in regard to that, my aunt who wrote that poem had a gift for words. I mean, she mm-hmm. could take, I don't have another uh, poem to share right now, but she could take, she could talk about an ordinary thing. 
and describe it in such a way that you see it in a whole new way. So, um, yes, that was her gift. (laughs) That's such a great gift to have, too. And I'm just thinking about how, you know, looking forward ahead to heaven, you know, being able to just have music as it relates to praising God. I don't even know where to start, you know, in terms of what that's going to sound like, but I'm excited about that part. I'm excited that worship is a part of, you know, of, of what Revelation talks about yeah. um, as, as as the elders fall to the ground, mm-hmm. the crowns down. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sight. So when it comes to music, you have, here you have a music teaching education, and then you get mm-hmm. into the public school setting. So talk to us a little bit about what happens there and how were you able to integrate being a Christ follower in an environment that didn't necessarily encourage speaking about Christ? Well, the first thing, you have to know who you are, mm-hmm. meaning you are a child of God. That's what I mean. And uh, the the Bible says, put on Christ. So even though I didn't go in talking about him, I just tried to exhibit some qualities that I know that he, for one thing, Jesus loves children. If you remember, mm-hmm. he said, bring the children to me. And even when That's his right. disciples thought of them as being uh, a nuisance in the right. crowd, Jesus interrupted them and said, bring the children to me. And you even see paintings of, of Jesus with children around him. So one thing that I did, I tried to, before I went in to the school building, for instance, when I arrived in the parking lot, before I got out of my car, I would pray out loud the doxology, which is praise God, Mm. from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I had to do that to establish God's in control. And we give him the praise. And then when I went in, um, our pastor had suggested uh, at church that those of us who are teachers um, might consider uh, before the children come into the room that we take some oil and we anoint at the door frame of the classroom, the windows, mm, the seats. I love that. And, and just invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to That's reside right. in the classroom. Because, you know, you're dealing with all kinds of spirits that children bring That's in. Right. And so that way you feel that the Lord's presence is in control and if things seem to get out of hand, you still have invited the Holy Spirit to help you, the teacher, That's with right. That's right. managing. Managing It's not just what the children bring. We sometimes react uh, when, when we should <laughs> respond, when we should respond as opposed to react. <laughs> so we have well, to learn. Justifiably so, right? Sometimes <laughs> we have to learn to respond properly. You know, to to what is happening. So that was, um, those were things I did on a regular 
basis. And then I would take some time either in the classroom or in the morning before going to actually pray for the children. And if there were some who were having problems that I knew about, you know, I would pray for them as well. And also that the Holy Spirit would direct me uh, to teach well. Um, You know, we all know uh, Psalm 19, uh, verse 14, many times preachers will say this um, before they give their sermon, let the words of my mouth and the meditation Mm -hmm. of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So you have to keep that kind of focus when you are working with children. And I, you know, this is not saying that this was 100% mindful that way, but that was my intention to do that and and to approach the children with love, the love that Jesus gave me, and also to... um, let them know that they were important, that they each had something unique to contribute. You know, children, very especially as they get older, they start to compare themselves with other children in the class and wish they had a gift that the other child had as far as a talent or an ability. And the thing is, when I mentioned earlier on about how God creates diversity, he intentionally created different personalities and right. and and desires and talents because it all reflects him he That's you know right. it That's says right. we were made in his image and you know god is so multifaceted we can't even <laughs> fathom all that he is but we were right. to in our own way reflect some aspect of God. So the point is you have to keep that in mind when you're Mm -hmm. teaching that the child, even the one who may irritate you, don't let that stop you from seeing who the child really is. Get to know the child and let the child know that you have an interest and that if they need help, find a way to help them. Um, so that they can be successful. The thing about teaching in school, and I was teaching on the elementary level, kindergarten through sixth grade, is that it's important that children learn to succeed, especially at that young age, because of the fact it's a foundation for the rest of their life. Absolutely, and I I love, you know, (laughs) years later hearing about, the prayer that went into the classroom, the prayer that went mm-hmm. into, you know, the anointing that was over the room that we were in. And I will tell you, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning of the show, you and I go way back and, you know, to where you were teaching me in sixth grade, you were teaching music. Yeah. Yes. It was quite a while very, ago. <laughs> <laughs> it really was, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking through the way in which, that was a horrible year for me, Miss. And I can't even go into how emotionally draining it was because it was my first year living in the United States. It was just 
uh, just not a place of comfort, but even more, there was just a lot of, um, a lot of adjustments that were incredibly painful. And I remember distinctly crying myself to the back home every day. The walk was short. We lived right next to the school. And so I had about five to 10 minutes to cry my little eyes out, get it together because I was in a household where we did not put up with crying in the household. So, mm. you know, you walk through the door and you snap out of it. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was really, really difficult. And I remember the music room being a place of respite for several reasons. You know, it really was. It was. And, and you know, growing up in Ivory Coast, I went to an all-girls Catholic, Catholic school and, you know, I, I was told I didn't have the greatest voice. And so the, the, the solos mm-hmm. and stuff like that usually went to mm-hmm. people who had good voices. And so music was, it really wasn't at the forefront of what I thought I would ever be good at. Um, and I remember distinctly coming into the States and, and being told for the very first time, you not only could do this, but you are, you're actually good at it, you know, and it was, it was such (laughs) a huge, (laughs) and, and, you know, and I still don't think, um, goodness, I, I'm just humble, but it's, but I don't think I'm, you know, the greatest at the voice or anything like that, but I will tell you that I would not be a musician today if it hadn't been for the encouragement that you gave me in sixth grade. And I will single-handedly tell you that that room was a place of respite. And I remember one of the things I loved the most is that there wasn't yelling. Even if we were misbehaving, you would just wait it out. Now, I did I did hate that every once in a while because I'm like, we've been waiting around forever. But at the same time, you know, it was like, look, if you guys are talking, I'm not going to talk over you. And so it was, um, you know, there was really a, there was an anointing in that room. There was something that was just different. And now in retrospect, within the context of being in love with Jesus, I can completely see what you're talking about. You know, you didn't have to say a word, but you carried yourself in a way that had tremendous impact on me as one individual and I'm sure on many, many, many people. And so that's what the kingdom work for Christ um, positioning and hope is in your testimony. And so I'm just really grateful for you. I want to express that. You know, Emma, I, I, as I said, God is intentional in what he does. And I think it's amazing. Uh, I've, Thank you for what you said about how I made a difference in your life. But mm-hmm. I thank God many times for how he has used you to inspire me. Um, I have mm-hmm. learned a lot from you, watching you grow, seeing how you have used the creativity that he's given him um, to honor him. Uh, hearing you speak. Um, So, you know, we never know how not only our paths will cross, but also how we will feed one another, how God will use Mm. us. They say iron sharpens Mm. iron. Well, the teacher is being sharpened by the student. I want you to know that. <laughs> I'm incredibly humbled. I'm incredibly humbled. And, so, and it will continue Not because you are continuing to grow. And, you know, mm. 
I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life as you move forward in him. He's going to honor the mm-hmm. um he is going to honor the time you have devoted to him to come to where you are right now. And so I just thank you for what you're doing. You're you're teaching me as well. Uh, well, I, that's um, I don't know what to say. Praise God. <laughs> that's all I well, can we just say move on I'm, that. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a hot mess without him. So, the one thing I wanted to um, I, I I'd love to go back to your the influence that your your parents had and your aunt specifically. Um, mm-hmm. uh, your aunts plural, because you do come from generations of of people who serve the Lord, and it's beautiful to see how it's carried on for generation and generation. Will you talk to us a little bit about that? Let's see. As I mentioned, my parents were raised um, in church settings. Um, In my home, they were regular churchgoers, um, but their interest in people was not limited to the church setting. Um, they often invited people over to counsel, to help them as they needed. My mother was an advocate often. She was a teacher also. I forgot to mention. Mm. Not only did oh, she wow. teach me about Jesus, she was my first and second grade teacher. Because in the school, ah, in, the, in the town where I was, <laughs> um, that was her role. She was she taught the first and second grade. So I had her in public school as well as my teacher at home. But what I'm saying... Um, was that a good thing her, when you were growing up, or was that one of those um, intimidating well, things? I couldn't call her mom. I could not call her mom in the classroom. It was Mrs. Brown. That was my maiden name. <laughs> if she, if I misbehaved, she would punish me, just like she would punish, you know, any of the children. She tried not to show right. favoritism, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, she had a caring heart, and she often... Uh, advocated in the community for people who needed improvement in their living situations or other Mm. things where they needed someone to walk alongside them to help them to get, you know, the things they needed. My father Mm. was a very gentle man. He um, often gave people uh, on the road rides as he was coming into town um, to help them mm. to get to where they were going. Um, wow, that's beautiful. Th- there were people who went beyond their home to make life better, you know, mm. for others yes. is what I'm trying yes. to say. And and in that sense, they emulated that kind of, of lifestyle. It's not just about me. It's about those around. And if I can do something to help, let me do what I can do. So right. Mm. That, now, my, my older ancestors, the ones who were in my grandfather's, that my father's father's 
generation. He he was one of, of thirteen children, and wow, uh, yes, and <laughs> half of them lived to be in their late nineties, and one to be a hundred and two. My grandfather died at ninety seven, and wow. I he had sisters who I learned to get to know who I dearly loved because of their wisdom, their vitality. One of them was Aunt Annette, whose poem I read. There was Aunt mm. Mary, who was a collector of family history and put together a binder of history as far back as slavery, even, with pictures. And so wow. we, we know who our ancestors on that side of the family are. And there's a tree, a family tree that she um, put together. But the and that there were brothers and other sisters as well. But the point is, many of the uh, siblings of my grandfather were strong people of faith. Um, mm. They loved reading the Bible. They they shared scriptures with one another. They lived mm-hmm. a life where you knew that they believed the word, and yes, they had a peace and a gentleness about them that comes when you know that you're being kept by the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Amen. these were people who had gone to college, um, who were professional in uh, teaching or in ministry. Um, when one of his brothers, my grandfather's brothers, um, at the time that he reached the age of 100, and that wasn't the year he died, by the way, he was the Mm. oldest living alumnus or alumni of Hampton University. It was then called Hampton Institute. That's in Virginia. Um, Yes, Yes, very familiar. Yes, there's another who uh, was a professor at Tuskegee um, mm-hmm. in Alabama. So there is a life of service among yes. that generation. Uh, and they were mostly either teachers or preachers. One was a professional musician. Uncle Ralph, Mm. he wrote a song Mm. also uh, called The Song of Jonah. And my aunt, uh, Annette, wrote the words, and he wrote the music. He was a professional clarinetist. Uh, Mm. And then there was one who was a railroad porter. Um, Mm -hmm. They had a variety of of, uh, occupations, but they all were raised in the face of Christianity to love the Lord and to serve Him, so that mm-hmm. was handed down uh, from right. that generation. My my grandfather was a preacher for many many years, maybe thirty years at least as a a, mm-hmm. a, a preacher, and then right. of course my father came along and continued the. Um, faith along with my mother and Mm -hmm. so it's been there wow 
Wow. And, the, and, the, the not, and is on my mother's young. side of the family as well. I haven't said much about them, but her mother and um, my cousins are all strong uh, in the faith. Wow. That's amazing. And so mm-hmm. when let's talk a little bit about how that has how you have then carried on kingdom work for Christ post, you know, after retiring. Well, I've done various types of things. Uh, one of the, the very first thing, Emma, that I did mm. uh, when I retired, which was in the year 2000, after having taught for 23 years um, mm. in Fairfax County, the day that the teachers would normally be going back to school in the year 2000 in August, I mm-hmm. found myself on a plane going to Ghana, West Africa. And when I realized that it was coincidental that my trip was on the day that the teachers were returning to school to prepare for, you know, the September opening, I just laughed. But I was going on a mission trip. It was not a vacation. I was going on a mission trip. Um, Mm -hmm. I have uh, friends who felt the call to leave their life here in the United States, go to Ghana, and uh, work with the children there. And before I left, I knew that these were children who were uh, disadvantaged as far as the wealth of their family. And so what I did, I put out a um, request in the school mm-hmm. that I I let them know I was going to be traveling to Africa mm-hmm. but I asked if they would donate uh gently used clothing, shoes, yeah. uh books, school supplies, things that the children I was going to be working with over in right. Ghana could use. And oh I tell you, mm. it was amazing how much they donated. When I went, I was carrying three huge boxes full of items. So, um, and and they were much appreciated, you know, by the children. Um, But I went there to help prepare a particular group of children um, who were being trained by a missionary mother and Mm -hmm. daughter to come to the United States to perform for Africare, which is a humanitarian uh, organization in Washington, D.C., and they mm-hmm. had been invited, this group, uh, to be the um, artists for their banquet that they were having. They have, Africare has a fundraiser every year, and they have entertainment. So I went to help with the instruction of the children that was amazing i i just loved it i that can was, imagine that was my <laughs> very first trip to africa and so and you stepped into your role into christ i love it that was in august or the end mm-hmm. of august uh i stayed through september i was there for a month but the children came to the united states in october of that same year they performed at africare and since they were in the states i uh, made arrangements for them to come to the school 
where I had taught, and mm-hmm. one of the um, young girls thanked the student body for all the donations that had been sent to them. So it was nice wow. that they could see some of the children who they had donated to. So right. that is the one of That's the tricks, but I have been involved in um, missionary work um, since 1993, which started long before I retired, but I continued continually, you know, since I retired. I've done uh, music with a vacation Bible school in Phillipsburg, uh, mm-hmm. St. Martin. For 17 mm-hmm. years, I would go in the summertime. Um, I've been to Uganda three times uh, with a mission trip to support a a pastor in Kampala, Uganda. And Mm -hmm. uh, while I was there, I was able to meet a young woman who I had been sponsoring to Child Fund International. She was 11 years old when I first was assigned to her as a sponsor. And by sponsor, it means you send monthly uh, financial support you know, through the uh, organization okay. to her to yeah. help with the education and other needs that she might have. Well, right. in 2011, um, I went to Uganda with a church missionary uh, group, and I had previously contacted Child Fund and gotten permission to meet this young woman. Her name was Rita. And at that time, Mm. she was 19 when we first met each other. Um, So the three years that I visited uh, Uganda, I was given one day each one of those years to spend time with her. I I was like excused from the missionary group for that day just to spend time with her. So while I was there... um, I planned a, a birthday party for her when she turned 21. I helped her mm. with um, supplies. She trained to be a seamstress. They call it a tailor over there. Mm. So, right. you know, I purchased things like a uh, sewing machine, um, fabric, uh, and other notions that she would need uh, to right. help her start it with her business because she was about to complete the training. You know, she is now mm. 26 years old, and uh, she's a mother of a three-year-old. When they Thank get God. to the age of 25, then they are considered to be an adult and mm-hmm. on their own. So I'm now sponsoring her son. Oh, so that's the relationship continues, you know. Right. Yes. And then also... Um, I go to Panama um, at Christmas time. I've done that three times to help a person who is a member of my church here in um, Virginia, but she is Panamanian. And uh, Mm. the Lord had given her a vision of helping the poor in her area in Panama. So for about 15 years, she's had a ministry there. And so at Christmas time, she does a huge outreach to various segments of the poor community. 
and some of us from the states go to help her uh, buy food, uh, to put together food bags so that uh, the families can have a Christmas dinner. Uh, Mm, We buy toys and games uh, to give, you know, to the people that she serves. And that, for me, is Christmas. It's done like a week before Christmas, so I do get home in time for Christmas here. But when I come Mm -hmm. back, I feel like I've had it already. Christmas (laughs) is there. That's right. It's the actual spirit of Christmas, right? (laughs) Yes, I enjoyed it so much. And so uh, since I started going there, I decided maybe I should try and learn a little Spanish so that I can learn to converse, you know, with those who don't speak English, although many of the people do. And the the person who I minister with uh, speaks English, so it's not as though I had to be able to do that in order to help. But it's something I would like to do because in addition to that, I also now uh, am involved in nursing home ministry and sometimes mm-hmm. the residents that I visit are from Spanish-speaking countries. And right. not all of them are that interested in learning English. They may know enough to get by, but they're more comfortable speaking in you know, Spanish. So I try to uh, use the opportunities that I have with them to yes. practice you know, what I learn. And the nice thing is that... It, you make a mistake, they will correct you. And that's good because that's how you learn. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. That's so good. <laughs> uh, well, can you believe it? We are actually at the bottom of our hour. Are we and it's, really? It's, <laughs> it's just flown by. Oh, completely yeah. flown by. But I, I cannot thank you enough. I mean, just the way in which you have you continue to lead your life, and you have led your life. Um, it is an incredible inspiration in many respects, uh, Ms. Taylor. So thank you for being on the show, for sharing well, thank that. Thank you again for inviting me. It was a pleasure, Emma. Praise God. Indeed. I wanted to see if you had any um, any last insights or comments that you want to make, and then if you will pray us out. Well, Let me think. I would say no matter what it is that the Lord has given us to do in life, our aim should be to glorify God in all that we do and to make him known and to share the truth about Jesus with love. That love piece is very important because Jesus Mm -hmm. said that the world will know we are his disciples by our love. Um, Yes. I would say as I have advanced in years, I certainly know the wisdom of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust Mm -hmm. in the Lord with all your heart, to lean not on your own understanding, but to acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct my path. So Mm -hmm. I would say that those are two things. Uh, There's more I could say, uh, such as, As we serve Jesus, we must try to do what John the Baptist said that he was going to do, which is that he would decrease so that Mm. Jesus could increase. Uh, I think the main thing 
for us is to remember it's not about us. It's about how God has chosen to use us. And in order to be used by him, we have to get our own agendas out of the way and let him direct our path and empower us in the way that he wants us to represent him and magnify him. Amen. Hmm, that's rich. Amen. I completely um I- I'm thankful for that. That's some good word. Will you pray us out? Yes. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your great love. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. You are the name Jesus Lord, the name above all names. Mm-hmm. And we thank you that at your name Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that you are Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you have asked us to join you in your work. And your word Mm -hmm. says that we are your workmanship, created in you, Jesus, for good works, which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as we keep that in mind, Lord, help us Mm -hmm. to remember that we have a purpose, that you have created us for a reason, and it is to glorify you and to be your ambassadors here on this earth and to tell the world, the people who we come in contact with, Mm -hmm. the goodness of you and how you have made a difference in our lives. Help us to witness by our lifestyle, Lord God, what it looks like to love you and to serve you. And, Mm -hmm. Lord, help us to remember that the Holy Spirit, who is resident in us, is the one who you have chosen to speak through us. And we are grateful for the help that you give and the strength that you enable us, Lord. It is not what we do. It's how we lean on you for that Mm. enablement. And we thank you, Father. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that what has been discussed tonight has been of some benefit to those who have listened and Mm. that they will take any nugget that they heard, apply it to their life, and allow the Spirit to show them how to glorify you in whatever area you have given them. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for your partnership. We love Mm co-laboring with you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Father, thank you. Um, Lord, I'm just so grateful for the way in which you take over our lives. Thank you for the calculatedness with which you put encounters all along our journey and the way in which when we are in you, those encounters turn into beautiful fruit that is supposed to be infectious unto others. Lord, may more come to know you. May more come to know you better if they already do. Lord, may we be a body who is just sold out for you, Jesus, because this time is crazy without you. And so, God, in your holy, precious name, we just submit your perfect will be done here on earth. 
as it is in heaven. In your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Taylor. You have been a joy, and I'm just so glad that you joined us today. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. To you who are tuning in, if you do not yet believe in Jesus Christ, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in, for, for sticking with us through the show, especially since this is a show that is based on Christ. And I want to tell you something. I don't know why it is that Christianity and Christ has not been um, something that you have been uh, in tune with, but I, but I just want to encourage you. Because the Lord created you, he loves you, he's pursuing you. There's no coincidence when it comes to Christ. He is looking to have you just invite him into your heart and watch what he does. And so if you haven't made that decision, know that it's not, fan, it's not fanfares, it's not this big ordeal. It's literally you praying and saying, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need help. I need you to come in my heart, take over my life, show me how to lead a life that is worthy of you. If you want more information on what this means, please email us, contact the Kingdom Work for Christ. We're more than happy to answer questions, pray with you, just listen, whatever it takes, but know that Christ is pursuing you and he loves you. And if there are Christians along the way who have offended you, in a way that was not Christ-centered. I'm not talking about offense based on truth and spirit, the truth spoken in spirit and in truth. I'm talking about offense as in have, have just not led a Christ-centered life. I want to issue an overall incredibly heartfelt apology. That is not the face of Christ that you encountered. Christ is a Christ of love, love in all aspects of the word. Not just emotional, not just whatever, but it has to do with truth, with self-control, with kindness, with respect, not boasting. All of the qualities that you can read in 1 Corinthians 13. So know that he's pursuing you. To everyone who's listening, as you're, if you're a believer in Christ, thank you for tuning in. Know that your journey needs to continue to deepen. If you're at a standstill, that's not good enough. Christ is pursuing you to get serious about him. It's time we as a body really get authentic about what it is to live a journey with Jesus Christ. One of the things that Ms. Taylor mentioned is the doxology. I want to do something a little bit different and leave us with that today, and then we will call it a night. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be in a different environment next time, so stay on your toes. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy.